Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the first piece of content for week 11 this week here on the YouTube channel. Hopefully you're having a lovely week. The weekend is nice. I'm recording this before Monday Night Football, so a best of luck to all of us. And hopefully you got more dollar ruskies in your bank accounts at this point. But let's get through week 11 right now. Let's look at a first look at this. And I have basically recapped all of week 10 decently in depth i've taken a look through every single team's usage both for their quarterbacks running backs wide receivers tight ends all that type of stuff and i've made notes of it i made some notes of the injuries i've looked ahead to what the vegas lines are and we're in a pretty good spot especially since it's monday afternoon and really morning on my spot 10 30 a.m east coast time we're in a pretty good spot to identify what to expect for a first look without having the obvious later in the week injury news and things that come from that so let's do this right now and build a first look lineup and kind of talk through and have a reaction here for the first time we're looking at these salaries all i ask is subscribe when it pops up we're getting really close to 45,000. greatly appreciate if we can nail that number by the end of the week and it just takes two seconds for you to check out if you are indeed subscribed so with that being said let's build this lineup and let's start at the quarterback position first time that i am identifying the salaries right now i've looked through all the players usage from last week in terms of just uh, some database sites and what happened in those games and watching some film so let's start it up right here and the first thing i noticed is we have a lot of expensive quarterbacks especially if kyler murray is to return and their backup in that last game was actually hurt too colt mccoy so if we're looking at quarterback injury Baker Mayfield with a knee and Colt McCoy with a peck injury. This is a now a 12-game slate, so one less team on buys or two less teams on buys than last week. And three games open with a 50 or more total, as I put on Twitter. Seattle and Arizona at 50 and a half. Dallas and Kansas City early on looks like the game environment of the week, depending on where you look, 54, 55-point total. And Tampa Bay and the Giants, this is not on the main slate, though. Monday Night Football, 50 and a half. But there's a lot of games like the Packers and Minnesota around 49, 49 and a half. A lot of games right around 49, 49 and a half that might get bet up as the week goes on. We'll talk through the specific player injuries when we get to that position so right now it's just baker and colt but you see josh allen up here he kind of comes back to life he has not really much on the ground rushing last week like three yards but 366 passing yards finds the end zone a couple times that's with finally getting stefan Diggs to go off not really user, utilizing manuel sanders dawson knox and cole beasley came into that game banged up and more injured than they let on based on their performances so allen looks good i'm sure that he'll be strongly especially now back at home another close to 30 implied team total i'm sure that he will be somebody that we are zoning in on lamar at eight thousand dollars is just appropriate priced like this is a guy who somehow got down to the mid to low 7k range a couple weeks back now he has to go on the road to chicago not the greatest of environments but lamar at eight thousand dollars flat it just looks like what it is right now probably becomes a leverage play in large field gbps here you go here's the game environment mahomes and dak prescott i mean there you go I mean, that, that's where you can probably build half your lineups this week, if I'm being honest with you on first look, right? You get Kansas City back at home coming off of a really good game, but they played and they played well in that game. Five touchdowns for Mahomes. The best that that offense has looked all year, but it also ended up correlating with the first time they haven't faced cover two in like a month and a half, right? This Oakland Raiders or Las Vegas Raiders defense doesn't play cover two. They're like one of the only teams who is stubborn enough to say, ah, eh, the Kansas City Chiefs are struggling this year versus cover two. Let's stick to one high safeties. Let's stick to cover three defenses. And the Chiefs took advantage of it. But the Chiefs did show that they were prepared to beat cover two with check it down a ton their game script especially early on to daryl williams tyree kill running a lot more shorter routes having travis kelsey operating in the middle of the field a lot more efficiently in this game so that is definitely encouraging and just motivation wise for themselves probably look good now they get home against dallas and in the side of this that matters to me look you get dak prescott cheaper playing like an mvp right now right he's got cd lamb who's dealing with this arm injury he's got amari who's banged up but for the most part this entire offense is coming alive and it's been two weird game scripts a couple weeks back they get absolutely blown out uh, tyron smith is out and they're getting blitzed left and right and dak's not looking well 
And then this past week, it starts off a little shaky, but then they do the, the blowing out, right? They play very, very good. They get a defensive score from their defense, and it's a blowout. That way, he doesn't really have to press that much as a solid game hits a 300-yard bonus with a couple of passing touchdowns. So Dak, for a little bit cheaper here, stands out to me right now. And this is maybe a guy that we put in because he's going to come into this game with like a 30 implied team total for the third straight week. Worked out last week, obviously. So that'll look nice. Great matchup, of course, against Kansas City. So that Dak Prescott one is going to look nice. That's kind of on a short list in my head right now of if there's not a cheaper quarterback, that's going to stand out. Rodgers, I mean, he came back. He almost had the 300-yard bonus thanks to an A.J. Dillon 50-yard catch and run, which kind of propelled his numbers upwards. Uh, he won't be owned at all, by the way. He gets a good matchup against Minnesota. Divisional matchup on the road in a dome. Could be a sneaky spot, but obviously you're going to have to get the, the high volume. Without Aaron Jones, you might see a little bit more of that volume, but I think they trust A.J. Dillon. Jalen Hurts is on here in the toughest matchup that he will see all year at home now. Uh, the problem with Jalen Hurts is the last three weeks he hasn't scored 20 fantasy points. Just missed that number this past week, but Jalen Hurts, the big problem with him is the fact that, look, he's still running the ball, right? You're still getting these 14 rushing attempts, 10 rushing attempts, right? Over 50 yards in each of the last four games. The problem is the pass attempts, right? The pass attempts finally come up, but they come up to 23, which is crazy, right? They come up like 30%. They go from 14 to to 17 to 23 why because definitely against detroit you can run the chargers tell you to run the ball against them and denver if, you, if they watched any tape against the cowboys the cowboys even though they were down 30 nothing had all the ability to run denver's run defense is not the same as it once used to be so if you are able to run the ball it's when it's going to be very efficient and now miles sanders might come back the matchup is not great against new orleans in terms of trying to continue to run the ball so maybe you finally see jalen hurts throw 30 or 32 times the problem then becomes the fact that he's relying more on his passing and that's where things can get a little bit wonky against a really good defensive line that's getting healthier in the Saints. So Jalen Hurts is definitely on this. I would prefer Dak because their price points are so close now. Like Jalen Hurts is no longer $6,000 or even $6,500 like he was the last couple of weeks. Tannehill at home. Nobody's going to want to play him against Houston, even though it's a nice matchup. Doesn't have Julio, but A.J. Brown, I'm sure, will get a nice discount when we get there. Burrow off of the bye. Russell Wilson looked terrible. And yeah, that finger definitely still looked to be an issue, but it's also a really good Packers defense that has stalled Patrick Mahomes and has stalled Kyler Murray in each of the past two weeks. It'll get us a little bit of a softer spot here, not against the pass rush, but in general against Arizona's defense. Kirk Cousins is like hit or miss. Some weeks you get the Kirk Cousins 300 yard game, multiple touchdowns. This past week you got him to elevate Justin Jefferson, but not really do much after that. Throw a couple tuds to Tyler Conklin. So a fine game for him. Uh, I think you're going to probably end up finding cheaper options here, but that's one that you can at least stack up because I'm looking down here at Carr. Uh, I assume we still continue to get an overpriced Darren Waller for what he's actually doing. Name value as every week, keeping Darren Waller expensive. You keep going down. Justin Fields is at least interesting, but do we really, we don't trust him to stack up. This is more like if you're playing cash, maybe you want to go to him in a, for a salary relief. So far, $5,700 is the best cash, cheaper quarterback we've seen uh, below really Dak Prescott's price range, probably below Jalen Hurts' price range is 6800 But at least the attempts are somewhat coming up, right? He's averaging closer to 30 attempts a game now instead of 20 attempts a game. The problem is you're never going to get the massive passing yard game. Yeah, I know he had it against uh, Pittsburgh, right? 291 yards, a little bit different of a game script there. And that was probably his best game. And you're getting to like 19 points and you're having these couple of big games lately. The problem then becomes though, can you trust it to stack anything up? Or are you just going to go run naked Justin Fields where I don't think there's as much upside for it? And uh, you get the matchup at home off the bye against Baltimore. So it actually should be a decent spot it sets up for. Baltimore's defense has not been that great so yeah i mean i'll say justin feels like we, we talk about dak prescott we talk about jalen hurts i'd say field is on this list if you're a cash player uh, in that order but if i'm talking about like actually stacking up a gpp i don't feel confident stacking him because you got guys like Allen robinson and darnell mooney running like 20 routes a week even when they're getting great games they're scoring like 12 fantasy points there's no real ceiling to those pass catchers we keep scrolling jimmy g plays tonight as i record this on monday carson Wentz is here against buffalo not a great spot for him especially since they're just handing that ball off left and right two is actually thrown in his last three games 30 times 39 times or more in uh if you've seen this Jets defense, Buffalo did what they wanted last week. That could be a nice spot for Tua. I'd, I'd prefer Tua to Justin Fields. I definitely would. Baker's here. He's banged up. 
Trevor uh, Trey Lance, Trevor Simeon. I mean, there's not much down here. Well, this there's there is something down here. There is Mr. Cam Newton down here, who don't look at his stats from last week, even though they do look good, right? He only threw four times, basically played like this red zone role, ran three times, got a touchdown there, scores what twelve fantasy points in his limited outing. But man, oh man, Cam Newton is back this week, and what is he? He's fifty one hundred dollars for Cam Newton. He's gonna start. He's gonna get this Washington defensive line. That is good, right? It is a good defensive line. But he's also gonna benefit from being able to check down to Christian McCaffrey for eighty yards in this game in the receiving game, right? DJ Moore finally will see oh my god a quarterback who I actually have chemistry with and might actually be good is actually an athlete compared to Sam Darnold and PJ Walker and I know PJ Walker was athletic but he was one of the worst college quarterbacks at Temple there's a reason why he wasn't drafted or anything along those lines he balled out in the XFL totally different defense right so I expect Cam Newton to start here and I mean if you're looking at this like if, I, if I'm building a GPP lineup I'm just throwing Dak Prescott in from these quarterbacks that we've seen so far but if you're building a cash lineup and let's do it let's have some fun this beat is sick pause the rest of that song, pause, but shout out Lady Gaga. Yeah, Cam Newton comes on here, 5,100. He lets you do whatever you want after that, right? $5,600 you have remaining. So let's put Cam Newton to have fun. We'll build a GPP lineup with Dak towards the end because I do think that that is clearly the way that a lot of people are going to go. So now we can slide to the running back position. And before we do, let me tell you about the sponsor of the program today. And the sponsor of the program today is going to be dibs.io. It's real-time fractional card market, right? If you follow fantasy, which all of you are watching this do, and you follow potentially dynasty or just week-to-week stuff, you are going to be in a fantastic spot to benefit from this real-time fractional card market to buy and sell these cards in the marketplace. And if you want to just have an idea of how this works, just think about the player's performance. The player's performance are going to drive how much their prices are in the marketplace. So if a player this past week played very nicely, right? Like, for example, this past week, you ended up seeing Cam Newton go out there and play well, right? If anything, that's going to make his his market, his card pump up a little bit. It's just like any other marketplace that you're looking at. The demand is going to drive the price. So the more demand and what's going to drive demand in this case, the player's performance. So that's what it's all about. Player's performance, good or bad, right? You can end up just trying to get off of players if you think that, hey, I, I don't want to have this. If you're talking about sell highs in fantasy football, Debo Samuel, great start to the year, but now Kittle is back. Brandon Ux back to his normal role. Uh, Debo Samuel in general due for natural regression. This is a good time to get off of Debo Samuel cards, in my opinion, if you can make a short-term profit and you think that short-term profit is greater than the long-term gains. Hopefully that makes sense to all of you. For the beautiful people out there right now, if you want to, if you want to take advantage of getting a free frack pack worth up to $50, you just use the code SAL when you sign up. You have to sign up and deposit today, 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 by the way. You have to do that today based on the time that this video is re releasing. If you do that, you'll get a free frack pack, which you just get to open it. You get to rip it, rip it online. You get to see all the cards and all the players that you get, and it's valued up to $50 Ruskies. And if you sign up today, they'll give you another one in your email. If you sign up and deposit on the exact same day, you'll get an additional frack pack to be opening. One's your intro pack, and then one will be a little extra bonus since you're watching this video right here. And we're promoting the new sponsors of the program today and those people, those beautiful people over at dibs.io. I appreciate those people over there. I appreciate you for tuning into this video. Go check them out. Any people that we put on this channel, we put them on here because we trust them. We put them on here because we think it is a beneficial product to the community. So check them out. The code style, free frack pack. And if you do it today, and an additional pack via your email if you sign up and deposit with the code SAL. To the running back position we go, and we find ourselves up top with Christian McCaffrey. And his price point, what did I say last week? He's $8,400. He was limited the week before. He gets 18 touches for over 100 yards. You play Christian McCaffrey. All this stuff started coming out during the week, right? All this stuff on all these value running backs. Dearness Johnson, we had 100% of him, worked out nicely for us in week 10. But what I kept saying was, there's going to be leverage running backs this week. One of them somehow is going to be Christian McCaffrey, a leverage running back, the best running back playing the slate every single week, as long as he's not $10,000 plus. And the second one's going to be DeAndre Swift. And luckily for us in overtime, DeAndre Swift ends up, ends up getting there for close to 20 points. 
And Christian McCaffrey, a man who did not hit the 100-yard bonus, right, 95 uh, uh, or rushing yards and had 10 receptions for 66 receiving yards, and he does not have any touchdowns in the game. Cam Newton sneaks in that one earlier on, kind of vultures one from him. This man has no standout insane plays, and he scores 26 fantasy points. He's literally one of the highest-scoring running backs of the week without really even doing anything all that much. So now you get him at home. Now you get him in a full game with Cam Newton. I'm not concerned. He played with Cam Newton for years in 2019, and he scored 30 to 40 points a game. I'm not concerned with Cam Newton taking away all of his usage. I'm just putting $8,900 Christian McCaffrey in because I don't even care what the price points are of the receivers. I think he'll probably be the most expensive player on the slate, McCaffrey, if I had to guess. But even that case, he's still $1,000 on their price. So we just slide McCaffrey into this lineup. We have over $5,000 left. Keeping in mind, we'll get a cheap defense and likely a cheaper tight end. And you keep going. Jonathan Taylor was a guy that a lot of people were asking me on the live stream, Sal, why don't you like Jonathan Taylor this week? And I was just like, what are you talking about? I mean, I have 20.5. I haven't projected for 20 and a half fantasy points. He goes out there. He crushes again for 27.6 fantasy points. The 100 yard bonus early in that game then doesn't do much in the second half as the Colts offense just kind of stalled. But I had this man for 20 and a half fantasy points. I had him as a really good play. I just preferred Christian McCaffrey, who basically scored the same as him. And I also preferred, if we're talking about leverage plays, some of the cheaper guys in that middle range to save money elsewhere. And those leverage plays would be guys like Justin Jefferson at a different position. And Justin Jefferson, oh yeah, himself also played pretty damn good, scored more than Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor had as a solid play. I just thought factoring in the price point, and I'll have the exact same analysis this week, factoring in the price point, and now the matchup for Jonathan Taylor, it's just harder to really get excited about it. I'd rather go up to McCaffrey, or I'd rather find leverage wide receivers and just have a different lineup than everybody else, especially because Jonathan Taylor last week was still picking up decent ownership. Just like last week, I'd rather go down to a cheaper Dalvin Cook, who if there's anything you can do against Green Bay, it is run the ball, but their tackling has become much better with Barnes and Campbell, their linebackers playing out of their minds this year. Uh, up front, you have just really good plays so far in the defensive line by Kenny Clark from Dean Lowry. So it is, their rookies as well are getting involved on the defensive line. So it is a little bit tougher, but still fine price point. Again, if I'm going this high though, just give me McCaffrey. Uh, Kamara is out. We'll see if he ends up returning. Nick Chubb versus Detroit. I probably can't afford a $7,800 Nick Chubb, but the matchup against Detroit just screams out, yes, please. Even in a game where they were getting absolutely blown the fuck out last week, you still see Dearness Johnson go for over 20 fantasy points, get all the involvement, not only on the ground, but in the receiving game. So expect Nick Chubb, if there's no Kareem Hunt back off of IR this week, if he is able to come back from COVID, which as long as it's not hitting him hard, I assume so, expect him to be involved. All the running backs are expensive. So all the running backs are on the slate last week, and they're all, a lot of them are kind of underpriced. Now Zeke, finally up, right? Zeke's price point comes up 10% by going $700 higher matchup against Dallas. That's going to be a great leverage spot with how high his price point is right next to Nick Chubb, not that far from the 8K running backs. And the fact that everybody's going to want to play Dallas and Kansas City stack and stack them with the receivers and Travis Kelsey and all that. Zeke is definitely going to be low on this week, in my opinion. Joe Mixon comes back at a pretty steep price point here for Joe Mixon, um, especially because he's kind of revolving and surviving on touchdowns. So that's interesting. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he stays like the exact same price. Price point comes up $200. If there's no Jamal Williams, yes, please, I'll go right back to it. Didn't have as much of a receiving role because the game ended up being a tie. It's not like they were playing from behind, but even then still had six targets, had 39 opportunities. Again, overtime propelled that forward, but he still had 30 opportunities basically in regulation. Aaron Jones, it's an MCL sprain. He's definitely going to be missing some time. We don't know the severity of it. Uh, James Robinson returned. His price point's not changing all that much. He returned it in a game where like it wasn't that close. He had good opportunities. He saw 17 opportunities. He quietly put up 18.4 fantasy points because he got in in the air with a touchdown. So James Robinson is a name to monitor this week as I don't think we'll see as much value just what we're seeing so far from Zeke being priced up um, and all these other guys, Joe Mixon being priced up. Robinson is a guy at $6,400 who's a very 
very fair price point. Like you're looking at a workhorse running back here at home now, fine spot versus San Francisco. That's not bad. And I assume that people will go right to these backup running backs or, or part-time running backs who will be now full-time guys in AJ Dillon and James Conner. Like Conner last week, even in a really bad game environment, he has now a cheaper price point. He has now um, not that great of a matchup though. Seattle's pretty good against the run, but maybe he gets Kyler Murray back and still not going to have Chase Edmonds. So James Conner comes into this one after having a nice week last week, ended up seeing in that game 14 opportunities, a nice week factoring in that they were getting absolutely blown out still puts up 15 fantasy points is almost a floor and you hope he can get his quarterback back that could lead to more red zone and goal line opportunities and then AJ Dillon's the other one so I think AJ Dillon's interesting here because Patrick Taylor is going to be the backup they don't even have Kylan Hill who they actually liked and I thought Kylan Hill if if if, uh, Jones was ever to get hurt would step in as the backup and Dillon would keep his role but I don't think that's going to happen now because they're not going to trust Patrick Taylor a guy who's barely been involved in their offense before to actually be a big piece in a game against a divisional opponent in the Minnesota Vikings when they're fighting for the one seed. The Packers currently the one seed right now. So I just don't see them like going out there and, and not giving AJ Dillon the rock. I would, I would expect AJ Dillon 16 plus attempts. He's been a lot better of a receiver. He saw the 50 yard catch run last week when he's in open space. He's, he's a dynamite. He's hard to bring down. So I think AJ Dillon's a, a fine play this week. Matchup against Minnesota is solid. Should be a high scoring game. Should move the ball into the red zone. So Dillon obviously has a lot of touchdown upside points upside. It'll be interesting to see though. Like if AJ Dillon comes in with uh, let's say 15% ownership and James Robinson is six percent owned or half the ownership as him for two hundred dollars more I'll take the secure role in James Robinson or his offense but the secure role especially when you factor in the passing game work so that's the first really interesting spot I'm currently seeing on this slate so far is this kind of dichotomy here of Robinson AJ Dillon and Connor and who soaks up the ownership there my guess is the ownership gets soaked up by AJ Dillon but we'll see my guess is Connor is the lowest owned even though to me he looks like he has the overall best role especially when you factor in that ownership we scroll down Antonio Gibson not much of a pass catcher still got in on the end zone last week or in the red zone twice so I kind of propped him forward. Not sure I buy into it that much. Elijah Mitchell's here. He plays tonight. He's 5,800. He's played 65 or more percent of the snaps in every game. And we'll see what happens tonight. They don't even give this man a picture. Sad. We'll see what happens tonight. But in every single game so far this year, he's been the the clear running back one. Like Elijah Mitchell has had so far every single carry. He's had 19 carry games. And then this last week, he only gets eight carries, but nobody was getting carries. They were trailing. But he sees five catches, right? Playing from behind. No Jamichael Hasty. We'll see tonight if Jeff Wilson is involved in the passing game. If more Kyle Juszczyk. Maybe they activate Trey Sermon. But if not, if, if Elijah Mitchell comes out and gets more passing game work tonight, two, three targets somewhere in there and gets the carries on the ground ahead of Jeff Wilson. That's somebody to watch for right now. It's a little bit uh, murky because Jeff Wilson could easily come in and split this backfield out of nowhere. They like Jeff Wilson, but if not, Mitchell looks like a solid play. You get some of the backups. See if Chris Carson comes back with that neck injury, a scary one. Uh, David Montgomery is somehow $5,500. So I put David Montgomery in here because I just clicked his name. You just click David Montgomery's name. I mean, the guy came back in. He was limited. He was limited in that Monday night football game where he came back limited, quote unquote, has 15 touches, 80 yards, and sees uh, 85% of the snaps. Again, in a tough matchup against Pittsburgh. Now at home against Baltimore with a little bit of rest. We like David Montgomery a lot there. So now you get, I mean, you get a workhorse running back in Montgomery. Obviously the best of the best, McCaffrey. His quarterback, well, I'm not, I'm not concerned about playing Cam with McCaffrey because, I mean, honestly, half of Cam's passing yards can go to McCaffrey, at least in this cash lineup. Again, I don't play cash, but this is if you're going for that build, we'll build a Dak Prescott lineup after. Let's just get a cheap defense in here as we always do below $2,500 if we can find one uh, let's see we got Jaguars versus San Francisco that doesn't sound too bad what else Chiefs in Dallas not really interested in that one too much although I don't hate it uh, Texans versus the Titans honestly the Texans all the way down here at $2,000 don't hate that either but let's just go with the Jaguars at $2,300 if we go with the Jaguars that leaves us with $5,600 left so now let's just get a tight end and we'll see what we can spend that run wide receivers and flex so to the tight ends we go and Travis Kelsey is back on the slate and so is Darren Waller I mean Darren Waller being 60 what is he $6,100 at least the price point's coming down but this dude's done nothing even in a matchup when they're trailing and Carr throws 35 times he only secures six targets 
targets, 24 receiving yards on Sunday Night Football. He's done nothing. He's done nothing. He's had two good games this year, right? He has had two good games this year, basically. He should not be priced this highly, especially when you see on here Mike Gusecki at 5,200. Sure, Gusecki had no catches on seven targets, but he's seeing the volume. He's seeing way more usage. Gusecki operated as a wide receiver 98% of the time on that Thursday Night Football game. 98% of the time. He's not a tight end. He's basically a $5,200 receiver seeing seven to 10 targets a game. That's pretty damn good. So at this point, yeah, I think Darren Waller is still overpriced. I mean, Kelsey and Kittle are on here. We'll see what Kittle does tonight. Kittle's matchup against Jacksonville is going to be great. All the other tight ends, they're, they're fairly priced. I don't know how Hawkinson does nothing last week. Dalton Schultz has only uh, two targets, one catch, but basically the other one was like a drop touchdown. Weird game, though, where Zeke gets the rushing touchdowns on some short fields. CeeDee Lamb's getting the other touchdowns on some great Dak throws. But after that, like Amari doesn't do anything. Gallup's barely involved on a limited 21 routes run. So interesting. Dallas got it. Rans five routes, has two catches for 28 yards. He was going to erupt since they actually threw more in this game. He's been seeing all the target share in the world. And then he gets a head injury, likely a concussion. We'll have to track that. Dan Arnold, I mean, I might just click him. He's 41 the price point does come up like $500 since last week, but how do you not just go right back to Dan Arnold? Dan Arnold, the man who sees eight more targets this week. Since he's been on this team, I put a tweet out. Since Dan Arnold has played five full games with the team, he has a team high during that time targets and averaging 7.6 per game. And the guy just continues to play well, right? And he has, a, I think he had a two-point conversion this past week. So he ends up going out there. And now this is his stat line. He has had so far 14, 10, 15, only five. And that was in a London weird game. And then 11 and a half points. So you're getting right now 10 or more fantasy points in four to five games. He is operating as the number one receiver for Trevor Lawrence over the last five weeks of the season, right? Ahead of Marvin Jones in terms of targets and opportunities, leading this team in receiving in back-to-back weeks. 60 or more receiving yards now in three straight games and four out of his last five games on this team. These numbers are very good. These numbers that he has are Mike Gusecki type numbers and he's $1,100 cheaper than Mike Gusecki. He operated as a wide receiver, as my tweet says, 92% of the time last week. Again, these are Mike Gusecki type numbers and he's still not there. I know the price point has gone up from him being a $2,000 player three weeks ago, but I think we just keep smashing Dan Arnold. Like, let's just see the other tight end options here if we scroll down Dawson Knox his price point comes down a lot in stacks for uh, Buffalo that looks really really good actually at $4,000 especially if Beasley is still banged up with these ribs Logan Thomas Ricky Seals Jones got hurt in his game with a hip injury so if he misses and Logan Thomas comes back that's full steam ahead for another $3,000 tight end Tyler Conklin is up and down with the volume got in on two touchdowns last week hard to completely trust it CJ is almost back on the slate of people like that one uh scrolling down Gerald Everett had eight catches it was a weird game though because uh, he was getting blitzed left and right just pressure not even really blitz by the Packers defense and Russ, sometimes he was trying to take these deep shots. A couple of them were really near misses, really good plays by the Packers safeties and cornerbacks. But for the most part, he had to get the ball out quick. It's these little flat and out routes to Gerald Everett, who put up like eight catches for 60 yards. I don't know how consistent that is, especially now with the price point hitting the $3,000 range coming up $500 since last week. I'll just take the extra $100 or extra $1,000 in um, Mr. Dan Arnold for the secure volume. But if you want to go to Gerald Everett, that's another name who stands out. Other than that, like Jeff Swain is actually seeing like four targets a game now at this point for Tennessee. So he's like operating ahead of Anthony Fersker as the uh, main tight end there. Other than that, unless there's like a really cheap $25 guy I'm missing, that seems to be where I'll go. Either Gerald Everett, at least for this video, or Dan Arnold. We'll roll with Dan Arnold right now. We'll go with his defense. You get McCaffrey, Montgomery, and Cam Newton. And now we got 6000 bucks left. Like if we find one decent $4,000 receiver, we're in a pretty good spot for three flex spots uh, or for three receivers in a flex spot. And maybe that flex spot can go to that 6K range with the James Robinsons of the world. I don't know if I want three Jags, uh, but the other guys in there like AJ Dillon and, and James Conner. So now we go to wide receiver. You get Devontae Adams up top here. So Devontae Adams last week, yet again, another Another solid week. It's just at the price point of $8,400. Uh, he's now cheaper than McCaffrey, but still the price point of $8,400. When you have a nine target game, seven catches, 78 yards. Sure. For most people, those 15 fantasy points are good, but we need you to find the end zone or hit the hundred yard bonus. He did not, but now really good matchup this week for him. I would prefer right now to Devonte Adams when you factor in the game environment. We'll see what the ownership is. Like if it's only 10% Devonte, 20% Tyreek, well, easy to go to Devonte there. But if it's similar, I go to Tyreek. Tyreek Hill now over his last seven games is averaging 12.1 targets per game. Coming off of a seven catch, 83 yard day and two touchdowns.
touchdowns, 10 plus targets now in back-to-back games, and basically like nine or more in every game since I think like the whole year, like since week two. But Tyreek Hill, they know what they're doing now. They can get these underneath throughs really nicely. Yeah, Jordan Lewis played well this past week for the Cowboys in the slot, but if they get that matchup for Tyreek Hill, it will be an advantage. All these top receivers look good. Justin Jefferson, who I believe is a top three wide receiver in the league right now, personally, I think he's playing like that. He continues to play like that. They said that they need to get him more involved from a target share perspective. The head, uh, the Clint Kubiak, the offensive coordinator, and what happens? He sees his highest target share of the season when you take away throwaways and batted down passes at 34% of the targets, nine catches, 143 yards, goes the fuck off. And oh yeah, if you watch our Saturday That One Dude video, you know that Justin Jefferson for back-to-back weeks has been our That One Dude. That means that he's been like 5% uh, or owned or below. And even though he played well last week for like 18 fantasy points, he's still 5% owned and a good matchup as a leverage play. And he goes for 27. Justin Jefferson, I don't care what the price point is. The guy's a smash play. Diggs has his best game of the year. Debo Samuel, I don't really like him on Monday. Uh, actually, I like him on Monday Night Football because of the salary. But at this price point, I can't like him. Because at this point, he's naturally regressing. It's just obvious. You're not going to be having your first couple of weeks of the season with blown coverages and those deep touchdowns skewing your stats. They're not going to skew it anymore when you're only getting five-yard passes. Kittle is back. Brandon Ayuk's back to his full role. You hell, Jeff Wilson is back if that's going to start to matter. So it's hard to trust Debo even in this matchup compared to all the other receivers above him. I'd rather get those receivers above him. I'd rather get A.J. Brown on here, who I assume now in a matchup against Houston and a little bit lower of a price tag. I assume nobody's going to want to go to A.J. Brown here. Uh, C.D. Lamb, he got his arm banged up to so just track that status, but he's been clearly Dak's number one option. Seven more targets this past week. Jamar Chase off the bye week. He's seeing more volume lately. Jamar Chase has 32 targets over his last three games, right? He hasn't crossed 50 receiving yards in back-to-back games, but he has been playing as more as much as he ever has been. 96 and 94% of the snaps in the last two weeks are, are season highs um, individually and on a two-game stretch. Hollywood Brown's price point cracks 7K for maybe the first time ever, not on a showdown slate. That looks interesting. McLaurin's going down in price, but not yet to the 6K range. DK Metcalf, do you really can we trust him with uh, Russ being hurt? Russ was throwing the deep ball, and he had some touch on it, so I'm not too concerned. I think you go back to DK at the exact same price, especially after last week. He wasn't that highly owned. He was like 8% owned, but he burned a lot of people who did play him. So I think you can go right back to DK Metcalf at $6,800 in Arizona here. I, I, I didn't think that Russ looked that bad. Like Russ was a little bit timid, but he was still loaning up the deep ball with some touch on it. It was just good plays. It was just good plays by the Packers secondary. You keep scrolling down here. Adam Thielen just destroys the Packers week in and week out. So track that. Devonta Smith with a birthday two touchdown game. Amari's on here. Track Amari's status. I mean, he's cheaper, right? But he's only seen 10 targets in his last two games, but those games have been wonky. Like one of those games is where they're getting blown out in a game where their starters basically get pulled towards the end of the third quarter because it's such bad of a blowout. Their starters minus Dak Prescott, which was weird. And then in this last game, it is a blowout. So like at halftime, Dak's basically done throwing. So now with people kind of being quieter on, on Amari, the fact that his price point's like $1,000, $1,500 difference in Lamb, I think people still go to Amari. But if for some reason they don't, we can go there. Michael Pittman had the most Michael Pittman game ever this past week. Just very solid. Five catches on five targets, 71 yards. The Colts offense stalled in the second half. The first half, it was all Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this is what you get from Michael Pittman. If he's going to be a $6,000 receiver, and the price point's dropping, but in this matchup especially, if he's going to be a $6,000 wide receiver, you probably need the touchdowns, right? You're not going to get the Michael Pittman eight catch for 90 day. Like, you're just not getting that much volume from him, consistently at least. So, Pittman, fine, but if there's ownership, no thank you. I mean, I really like Brandon Cooks. Like, we're going by a lot of good plays. Like, Amari can make this lineup. Brandon Cooks at at $6,000 flat, let's just put him in, right? How much money do we have per, per player? About $6,000. let us just throw Brandon Cooks in here. A man who's coming off of a 14 target game. Tyrod Taylor came back in week nine, and, or 13 or 14 targets, actually, I believe it was, depending on where you look. He saw three red zone targets that that week. He's played over 90% of the snaps this year. He's top five in overall snaps from wide receivers. He doesn't leave the field. So yeah, I'll take Brandon Cooks for how much opportunity and now having uh, Tyra Taylor, who did not look good before the bye, but at least having him out there. This is a great range for wide receiver. I mean, you have Devonta, Mari, Brandon Cooks, Michael Pittman, Tyler Lockett's on here. The exact same analysis for Lockett as I gave for DK Metcalf. There's still a lot of upside in that. DJ Moore is actually going to have a quality quarterback this week. Only seven targets last week, four catches for like 24 yards, but now a quality quarterback. Hunter Renfro, another game, another 12 plus fantasy points as he finds the end zone. I actually like the DJ Moore play probably 
nine GBPs. That's a really nice price point on DJ Moore. Jalen Waddles on here again. Uh, another strong week of six targets. Right, ended up running a ton of routes. The wide receiver one as long as Fuller remains out with Devontae Parker on IR. We keep scrolling down and we get T Higgins off the buy. We talked about his teammate who's almost two thousand dollars more. Let's plug T Higgins right in. T Higgins seems to be a staple in a lot of these videos this year. I mean, T Higgins is hard not to like at fifty four hundred dollars. T Higgins has had a twenty five percent target share and over eight targets per game this year. He has three straight weeks of thirteen plus fantasy points, which at this price point of thirteen fantasy points, we'd like more, but it's still fine. 29 targets in his last three games, four red zone looks during that time. And in the game before the bye week, he got tackled at the one yard line, right? He's missed the hundred yard bonus by three yards the week before that. So he's been very close. If he gets in from the one yard line, he has 20 points. If he gets the hundred yard bonus the week before that, he's got like 17 points. He's been that close three yards and one yard, three yards in the game for the bonus, one yard for the touchdown, that close to having massive weeks. Now a solid matchup against Las Vegas. How much do we have left? We have $6,300 left for two positions. I mean, we might be able to get this done without like a true elite alpha, but I mean, if you're going to get 10 targets from Cooks and eight to 10 targets from T Higgins. I consider those guys not true elite alphas, but for volume, for cash line, for something along those lines, really, really good. Lots of GPP plays on here at best, like Sanders and, and Jones and Mooney. Like these guys don't stand out that much. Landry against Detroit actually stands out for GPPs. Corey Davis. Corey Davis is interesting. I wish he was a tiny bit cheaper, but a $5,000 Corey Davis who returns this past week and ends up going out there for uh, five catches on seven targets, right? I put a tweet out about Corey Davis. You can see it on the screen right now, but basically he returns. He plays 84% of the snaps. I think that number can go up to probably 90 plus percent like you saw in previous weeks when healthy. Only a 16.3% target share. They threw so much, so it actually got to nice volume of seven targets. But if we can see that number go back up to 20% or so, that can help us out a lot here. Denzel Mims is still uh, COVID list. We'll see. I think Corey Davis obviously is going to run ahead of him. Maybe Maybe Denzel Mims coming back hurts uh, another athlete in Elijah Moore, which will help Corey Davis uh, kind of just uh, indirectly. But he has a decent game at $5,000. Do I feel safe putting a Jets wide receiver with maybe Zach Wilson coming back into this lineup? Honestly, not really. I'm trying to go down a little more at the exact same price as Brandon Ayuk who plays today. We'll see how much Brandon Ayuk actually does. Cole Beasley is right back on here. He only had two targets because of the rib injury. He did not seem to be well. Jamal Agnew, a 60 plus yard touchdown. Robbie Anderson might get a bump up after scoring a touchdown from Cam Newton last week. Rashad Bateman is $4,500. Sure and he's been leading this team in receiving in the last couple of weeks, but it seems like he's barely getting there. Uh, the touchdowns will come though, and the routes are there. So Rashad Bateman at $4,500, you might get six, seven targets there. Keep scrolling down now to like the 3K range. I mean, Michael Gallup's here for $4,200. I might just plug and play Michael Gallup. Like it's either going to be like a Corey Davis. So you can go Corey Davis if you wanted to here at $5,000 and he's going to operate as like the number one receiver, whereas Gallup's going to operate as clearly the number three. So that's a concern for like playing a cash lineup. Uh, Brian Edwards is here at $4,100, not seeing a lot of volume. Did find the end zone, but just still three targets last week. I keep scrolling down to the low 3k range and, and there's just fucking nothing here uh, byron pringle if you want to put him in your stacks for gbps is just a one-off right he's running 15 16 routes we'll see three or four targets touchdown upside nico collins the rookie is a nice athlete but third round pick i mean you get two or three targets there maybe four not much upside uh three thousand dollar range yeah not a whole lot here unless you're trying to go to the danny amandolas of the world which uh, no upside at all there. MVS and GPPs is always an option, but I mean, if we're going to go to it for this fifth receiver, I mean, you can go back up to the 6K range or you can just come down to Gallup, who they said was limited. He only ran, only going to play 20, 25 snaps. He ran 21 routes, but this matchup against KC is interesting. If you were to go to Gallup, you do have $8,500 left. So if you were to go to Gallup here, I think you could afford uh, Devonte Adams, which is interesting. And really you can afford anybody you want. It doesn't have to be Adams. It could be Tyree Kill in that exact same game environment who continues to see the usage and all the work. Um, so whoever you trust here, do you trust Adams against Minnesota, which 
which is probably the best matchup out of all these studs. Do you trust Jefferson on the opposite side versus the Packers defense that's been playing well? Tyree Kill, uh, Dalvin Cook, of course. So if you wanted to go to Gallup, you can do whatever you wanted here. You can obviously go with the mid-range route, and you can just go to like a, a Michael Pittman and a James Robinson, uh, James Conner and a, and a Pittman somewhere, uh, an Amari Cooper and somebody, right? But let's just go with Gallup here or whatever other $4,000 receiver, Brian Edwards, whichever one you like. And I mean, we can go to Dal we can go to Tyree Kill, we can go to Adams. This is really up to you. Adams, Hill, Taylor, whichever one you want, you leave $300 on the table. That's if you're playing this Cam Newton line. So there's sort of a cash bill. Now let me quickly put together what a quick GPP build could look like. So I just took a moment to put together this GPP lineup and here you go. This is a full on game environment and the number one game environment. It's a five man game stack. You have Dak Prescott. You're going to stack him up with Amari Cooper who gives you a little salary relief and Michael Gallup, right? Michael Gallup who ran 21 routes last week in his debut and they said he was going to be limited now that he's been practicing for almost a month and his second game back, I'd expect the full roll of close to 30 routes, if not more. And then you run it back with Tyreek Hill, the man, the myth, the legend who's averaging 12.1 targets per game over his last seven. And also Daryl Williams, if there's no Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And if there's Clyde Edwards Hilaire, well, then you can go right back to a, you can go to a cheaper defense and just get David Montgomery. You can go to Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who's cheap. If you think the role will be secure, you still get McCaffrey here. You get Mike uh, Rashad Bateman. And if you want somebody else below $4,500, go for it. Um, if you can afford anybody in that range. And we go down a thousand dollars to Gerald Everett, who I don't feel as secure as Dan Arnold, but we needed the thousand dollar difference. And I do think Everett profiles out for a good four to six targets there at the price point. So that's one way you can stack up this game. You get a cheaper deck than uh, Mr. Patrick Mahomes, and you still get the main weapon that you want from the Chiefs and Tyreek Hill, and you still get Christian McCaffrey and his solid usage. So arguably the best stack of the week, we'll know later in the week early on in Dallas, arguably the best run back in Tyreek Hill, and arguably the best running back play all in the same lineup. The rest you kind of just hope works out for you, but that's interesting. So there you go. The first look lineup, 444, week number 11 now, brought to you by Dibs.io, the sponsor of this program today. Get your free frack pack, not one, but if you sign up in the deposit with the code sound today you get two packs one immediately valued up to almost fifty dollars potentially up to fifty dollars and another one sent to you by email if you use the code sound when you deposit today so thank you for tuning in gang appreciate you all the time this is just the first video of a whole lot of videos we have coming out the top values the thursday night football the top snacks the final thoughts the that one dude this sunday live stream and live streams during the week for showdown slates i appreciate you for tuning in come on gang come on gang round of applause for a lovely show today and hey hope you all have a great rest of your day i'll see you in the next one gang and i'll see you when i See ya.